In case you missed it, check out this presentation from last year's best of the best in pediatric surgery. But also don't forget that the next best of the best in pediatric surgery is coming February 1st. We have societies participating from all over the globe. Register through the link below and prepare yourselves for a knockout event. See you there. Looks like APSA came prepared for the fight. We just have one more presentation to go in APSA, from APSA, and for this whole event. So here's, we have Dr. Luke Reddig. Um, he, we're gonna see his presentation on whether pectus patients can be discharged the same day from the hospital after their repair. Then we'll hear from Dr. Victor Garcia from Cincinnati Children's Hospital and get his thoughts on the matter. Hello everyone, my name is Luke Reddig and I'm a surgical resident at Kaiser Permanente Los Angeles Medical Center. And thank you for the opportunity for me to present our research on pectus excavatum and same-day discharge at APSA 2021. Pectus excavatum affects one in about 400 patients. It has a male predominance at about a four to one ratio. And the NUS procedure is the gold standard for fixation. Historically, the NUS procedure has been associated with a significant amount of pain. And this pain leads to increased hospital lengths of stay, which increase hospital costs. Now, with the introduction of intercostal nerve cryoablation, this has helped patients with their pain and also has helped to decrease the length of stay. Our study looked at the NUS procedure with intercostal nerve cryoablation and an enhanced recovery after surgery protocol in addition to intercostal nerve block. And this was compared to the NUS procedure with intercostal nerve cryoablation alone. The intercostal nerve cryoablation was performed at sites T3 through T7 on both sides of the chest. And historically, as we know from some of our previous papers, patients have been in pain for about 24 hours after this intercostal nerve cryoablation uh, because it sometimes takes that long for the full effects to kick in. We hypothesized that using an enhanced recovery after surgery protocol, in addition to intercostal nerve block, that this would help them with their pain. So what we did with the intercostal nerve block was we used bupivacaine proximal to the site of intercostal nerve cryoablation, and we thought that this would help with perioperative pain. Our primary outcome was same-day discharge, and secondary outcomes included returns to the emergency department, returns to urgent care, returns to the operating room, a cost analysis, and an analysis of inpatient and outpatient opioid use. We had 15 patients in both groups. All patients were male, and the patient characteristics were similar in both groups with regards to Haller index, pectus correction index, age, and ethnicity. The follow-up in the IMB group was 7.5 months, whereas the follow-up in the INC group was 29 months. We found that 10 out of 15 patients were able to be discharged on post-operative day zero, with the remaining five in the IMB group being able to be discharged on post-operative day one. None of the patients in the INC group were discharged prior to post-operative day two. The length of stay was decreased in the IMB group at 12 hours compared to 58 hours. The OR time was the same in both groups. The cost was statistically significantly less in the INB group compared to the INC group. And the amount of opioids that were used were statistically significantly less in the INB group than the INC group. We found that 10 patients in the INB group never even used opioids after discharge, whereas five, the remaining five, used them sparingly. All patients had resolution of symptoms. Now the complication, we looked at Foley catheter removal and replacement, 
We looked at pneumothorax requiring chest tube placement. We looked at infections, surgical site, and also UTIs. And we looked at returns to urgent care. And none of those were different between the group, groups. In the INB group, though, um, zero returned to the ED, whereas in the INC group, four returned to the emergency department. So we concluded that the NUTS procedure and intercostal nerve cryoablation with enhanced recovery after surgery protocol and intercostal nerve block was better than just the NUS procedure and intercostal nerve cryoablation. The same day discharge is possible in hectic excavatum patients. If you would like a copy of the ERAS protocol, please email me below at robert.l.redig.kp.org. And thank you so much for listening. Well, Dr. Riddick, uh, I want to thank you for that presentation, and I want to thank the organizers for this opportunity. I want to begin with the question, uh, just because it can be done, uh, should it be done? And I personally don't feel that cryoablation is ready for prime time. Uh, and the reason is, is that we really don't know what the long-term consequences of this. You know, when we look at medical devices, uh, the track record is not a very positive one from the standpoint that uh, these devices typically are not uh, subjected to the same rigorous, robust trials that, so let's say, drugs are. Um, and from the standpoint of, is this approved for by the FDA, uh, is, is a question of whether it should be used, uh, frankly, because it has not been subjected to the clinical trials that drugs uh, have, have been and should be used. And the drug industry, and the medical device industry, rather, has been, I think, fairly conspicuous by the fact that many of the adverse consequences for medical devices are either underreported or not reported, as suggested by the Kaiser Health News. Uh, so we don't know what the long-term uh, consequences of this device uh, are, of this procedure, nor do we know what the long-term consequences are, uh, particularly for children. So I'm gonna be cautious about this, uh, Luke, because we really are concerned about chronic neuropathic pain. And I'm reminded about the consequences of uh, leukotomy uh, that were really introduced by a well-intended surgeon who thought that he could address uh, consequences as far as health and uh, mental illness. Uh, so I say cryoablation is not ready for prime time uh, and just because you can do it doesn't really justify us. I'm arguing for a trial, randomized controlled trial, as well as a registry so that we can all track. All right, Dr. Reddick. Oh. Sorry, sorry. Thank you, Dr. Garcia. Dr. Reddick, any response? Thank you for your comment, Dr. Garcia. I, I understand where you're coming from. Um, there have been some papers, and we have followed these patients for a few years now, and our uh, long-term neuropathy rate is essentially very low, if not anything. Um, so this has been going on for a few years and we've shown that it's been actually been safe. Um, and all the, a lot of these patients, you know, come back to our clinic, they're super happy. Um, and they really went through that original surgery and their pain was incredibly controlled. So I've seen before how we would do it, you know, with thoracic epidurals and these patients would stay seven days, eight, nine days in the hospital. And then I saw the introduction of intercostal nerve cryoablation. And then these patients were staying in the hospital for three days, which is incredible. And then we did this protocol. 
And now these patients are able to go home the same day of discharge. So I, I understand your concern with the long-term, you know, effects of uh, intercostal cryoablation, but I've also seen, have, haven't seen really high rates of neuropathy. And in our patients specifically, that's really not an issue. So I think the benefits 100% outweigh whatever potential long-term effects that we actually haven't seen. Thank you, Dr. Reddick. A little bit of blows after the bell, but I think the judges were looking the other way, so they didn't notice. Uh, all right. Uh, phenomenal papers. 